Hello and welcome. My name is Rob Wong and this is the only podcast dedicated to helping you create sexy connection through authenticity and learning to be your best self. This is Dating Smash, honest attraction for clever humans. Okay, so I love this question and the question is, why can't I ever seem to be, you know, why can't I find the right guy? Where is Mr. Right? Where is he hanging out? What bars does he spend time in? <laughs> so, I think the beauty of this question is that it highlights a, something that humans run into quite often, right? When it comes to our own unhappiness, it's very easy for me to go and look outside of myself for the source of that unhappiness. Right? Because why wouldn't I? (laughs) I'm unhappy. Someone else must be doing this to me. Like, what kind of person would deliberately choose to be unhappy given a situation? The tragic irony is, uh, it's most people. (laughs) It's almost everyone. Right? It's not that I'm deliberately trying to put myself in a position of unhappiness, but... It's something about the way that I'm choosing to exist, some belief that I hold that is creating that for myself. So the real place to look at this question isn't what's wrong with other people. The real place to look at this question is where am I responsible for creating this in myself? So I'll give you a little anecdote, right? Um, For the longest time, Uh, I found myself only dating a specific type of person, only getting into a specific type of relationship, right? Where I would have, I'd be dating like a girl that other people thought was cute, I'd think that she was alright, and the relationship would feel very platonic, right? Sometimes I'd tell myself that I was settling, uh, I would feel like kind of disconnected, like, hey, a relationship shouldn't feel like this. I should feel more, right? I should feel more alive, more more in love, more in lust. Uh, there's something missing here. Years later, years later, uh, I started recognizing that there was a pattern there, right? Because it wasn't just one relationship where this happened. It was like three or four in a row. <laughs> so, how's that possible? Why did that happen? And the answer to that is very straightforward. I was creating it. I had a belief that I wasn't attractive enough to approach women that I was attracted to. I had a belief that I wouldn't know what to say and I would just shoot myself in the foot and it would be some horrible, ugly rejection. I had the belief that there was something broken about me that I needed to fix or change, otherwise I would never be able to date my dream girl. And more than anything else, I had the belief that other people were responsible for my happiness. Right? I was putting the burden on someone else, when in reality, it doesn't matter how good I have it. Right? If I'm of the mindset that I'm suffering and that nothing is going right, it doesn't matter how good I have it. 
I'm always gonna feel like I'm suffering and I will find reasons to prove to myself that I'm suffering, right? Now the way that this works, like, is that if we give your mind a prompt, right? If we tell your mind to search for examples of all the times that you've been a good Samaritan in the past 10 years, your brain, your brain, your, your brain, <laughs> your brain has the miraculous ability to then go and seek out all of that information uh, and retrieve it for you. And over over the course of the next few minutes, if you were to take on this exercise, you think to yourself, "Oh yeah, there was that one time that I paid for that other person's coffee," or you know, like I, I give money to the homeless, I donate to my church, right? I hold doors open for people. I help out my friends when they're in need. I lent my one friend like a thousand bucks or whatever the case may be. Your brain will find all of the examples of when you were a good Samaritan, when you were a good person. Conversely, uh, sorry, let, let's hit pause there actually. So once you have all those examples, your brain will then draw the conclusion that I am a good person, right? How could it not? It has all of this evidence that that's the case. But if we were to flip the switch, right, and start asking you for all the examples of times when you were ashamed of yourself, right? And those might come, for me, those come way easier, right? They happen much more quickly. There's, there's a lot that has happened in my past that I'm ashamed of. And as I look deeper and deeper into that, well, you know, there was this one time that I didn't pay a tip at a restaurant, you know? Or I got into a fight with one of my friends and I never apologized for that. Or I had an ugly breakup with a partner and that never got resolved and you know like I didn't respect my parents I didn't treat them with the, the love and the concern and the respect that they deserved growing up and as I look deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into that it doesn't actually matter what my current reality is or who I am I will walk away with the mental concept that I'm a bad person, right? So in a lot of senses, it really, it doesn't, unless you're actively being tortured, right? Like you're being held and tortured. It doesn't actually matter what we're experiencing. Physically, it doesn't really, really matter what we're experiencing. Again, like unless you're in like prisoner of war type situations where you're actively being tormented, it really doesn't matter what we're experiencing. It matters what lens we've put on to the situation. So if, if I walk through the world with the belief that, you know, people can't necessarily be trusted. They got to prove themselves to me. Otherwise, they will eventually betray me. And you know, there are a lot of people out there with that, man, I'm just having like weird accent Tourette's today. There are a lot of people out there that have that belief. They're carrying it around, they've been carrying it around for ages, and they just don't know it's there. The impact of that is that they treat everyone like they're untrustworthy, right? Right off the bat, as soon as they meet someone, this person has gotta prove themselves to me. Otherwise I can't trust them, right? They can't be a part of my circle. And that has an impact. And the impact of that is that person will not be surrounded by people that enjoy being around that person, right? They'll probably have a few people that, that prove themselves and they get, they get unconditional trust and love. 
And then for everyone else, well, they've got all these hoops to jump through and like, hey, I have other friends that don't make me do this and they're not gonna put up with the situation. So you have the, the, this world that's created as a result of this, right? As a result of having this belief that people are not trustworthy, it narrows our ability to connect with other people. It narrows our ability to make new friends. It narrows our ability to bring on new partners. Now, if this is something that you hold, if this is something that's alive for you, if this is something that is part of your reality, first know that this is not your fault. It's not your fault. It's something that happened, right? Something that happened in the past that caused you to learn that people couldn't be trusted. Just couldn't. And as a result of that, we started putting on a certain set of behaviors that served us at the time, right? Maybe back then it was a really good idea for us to not trust the people that we were around. Probably saved us a lot of pain, saved us a lot of grief. But now, now things are different. We're no longer that teenager. We're no longer that five-year-old child, right? We've grown up. And so that behavior begins to get in the way, right? It begins to create ripples in who we are. It begins to create ripples in our social circles, the people that we interact with. Those ripples expand. And they begin to shape and control who we're allowed to become. They begin to shape and control our experiences and the opportunities provided to us. So, if this is an area that's important to you, if you are looking to connect with like a different kind of partner, if you are looking to self-improve, to address the parts of you that are holding you back, then this is a mighty good place to begin that search. What is it that I believe about the world? What is it I believe about myself? What is it that I believe about other people that's getting in the way of me being truly happy and free and self-expressed and heard and feeling loved and connected in my primary relationship? Now this will, in all likelihood, take you to a corner of your mind and your memories that you haven't wanted to venture into for a long time, right? I'm gonna say this ahead of time, it will be uncomfortable. You will have to explore things that you did not want to touch for months, weeks, years, decades, maybe your entire lifetime, you just kind of put it behind you, right? I don't want to think about this, it's in the past, I don't want to think about this. And yet, at the same time, it's the fact that we haven't stopped to unpack it. It's the fact that we haven't stopped to process it that's giving us problems, right? So if you could imagine someone that has unresolved conflict, right? An unresolved conflict with their mom or with their dad. On the surface, it doesn't seem like a big deal. It's really not. How often do they see their mom or dad really, right? They don't have to live at home anymore. So, you know, not really exposed to it. But then we start thinking about, what about the people that remind this person of their mom or dad? What about people that communicate in the same way as their mom or dad? What about people that come from positions of authority like a parent would? Is the reaction similar? 
does it affect the way that people show up in those situations? And nine times out of 10, yeah, it does. It really does. And it becomes especially relevant when it's time to deal with the significant other. Because as, as kooky as Freud was, right, he had some points. And it is that there's some level of, of learning when it comes to our parents. We learn what it means to express love, care, and concern from our parents. So when people express love, care, and concern a specific way, we're more receptive to it, right? And that's what draws us to certain people. Like if your parents were really big on acts of service, right? They were always doing things for you, helping you with your homework, really spending time with you. uh, Then you will begin to learn that that is what love is, right? And maybe that's how you evaluate your future partner. Does this person perform acts of service to demonstrate that they love me? And if they don't, well, like, goddamn, well, they don't really love me right? What are they even doing in this relationship if they don't love me? <laughs> and it goes a level deeper. Well, if we, we then take people that have the same style of communication, the same style of expressing love, care, and concern, then eventually there will be a point where they remind us of that unresolved conflict with our parents because they remind us of our parents And now everything comes full circle, right? Like everything, the past comes rushing forward to meet the present. Because if I cannot be comfortable, I cannot sit with my parents without getting activated, without getting some level of triggering or emotional charge, then I cannot sit with my partner. I cannot sit with my boss. I can't sit with my friends that remind me of them. And I'll tell you, You know, there's usually a lot of core trauma that happens around parenting because, you know, let's, let's, let's be real with it. Parenting, it's everyone's first time. There, (laughs) there will be mistakes made. There will be unaddressed wounds, right? Emotional wounds left over. There will be traumas that came as a result of that experience, whether intentional or no. And until those are addressed, they really, they really do affect the way that we are in the world. Now, for a lot of people, that's okay. I think it's really easy to fall into the mindset of like, hey, you know, I've dealt with this for years. Like, I don't care. It's not a big deal. And that's true. (laughs) To take it any other way would be to suggest that people are are broken fundamentally, that there's something wrong with them. And that's just not the case. It's really not. But to avoid looking at those areas means that certain doors will remain closed to us. And if you find that you're in the same pattern, right, you've fallen into the same pattern again and again and again and again, and you don't know why, you could bet your last 20 that this is the reason why. It's the areas of our lives that remain unexamined that causes problems. So I'd encourage you to look. And if you need a hand, if you want help looking, if you're not sure where to begin, I would encourage you to jump on and take advantage of our free session. You can book one at any time 
on calendly.com forward slash Rob Wang. That's R-O-B-W-A-N-G forward slash free. That's C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y forward slash R-O-B-W-A-N-G forward slash F-R-E-E. And that is all the time that we've got for today. My name is Rob, and this has been another episode of Dating Smash. We'll catch you in the next one.